Hey, I want to mention this. I've been, uh, I feel like the Lord said to me, just you know, kind of teach some things out of your book. Uh, some of the things I'm going to talk about today really isn't in my book. Some of it is. But just there's a lot of misunderstanding. People are getting on social media pages and calling this one false, that one false, the prophets this, the prophets that. And really what we're doing is we're showing our immaturity. Um, because, you know, and, and maybe we haven't done a good job as the body of Christ in teaching on prophets and prophecy because people are reacting in a very uh, unbiblical way when it comes to prophecy and how New Testament prophecy is judged, how prophets are, are, are to be judged. And those are not excuses. We need to go back to the Word, and that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to show you in the Word some things so that you can uh, reach a conclusion that what God is saying. Because here's the thing. We are in a time where this is not about whether your favorite preacher, your favorite prophet, whether your favorite church spokesman, whether your favorite Christian, your favorite intercessor missed it or not. We are in the fight for a nation. And God has already been saying through His prophets and through His intercessors and different ones what His intent is. What he's waiting for is, are you going to add your agreement? Are you going to side? And I'm going to prove it to you. Are you going to side with the, the spirits of Jezebel and, the, and that always want to attack the prophets? And some people are aligning them. I mean, I'm watching preachers quitting. They're just caving into this stuff. And I want to say, since when is an election determined because the fake news that didn't like President Trump from the start and did nothing but try to take him out has been doing everything they can to frame him, make him look like a liar or racist and whatever else, Fake news after fake news after fake news. Do you not think that they would uh, pull what they pulled and try to pull what they pull and, and announce early when anyone with a brain? I was watching on the night of the election. I was watching how the, the counties were literally lining up. I was seeing things that you didn't see because I was tracking it with David Barton and all those other experts that were out there. President Trump was clearly winning decisively. And all of a sudden, when uh, the, the man that was running up against him, uh, 46, that does not exist at this time, uh, he, he made an announcement. And that was like a clarion call. And soon as he made that announcement, did you notice how quickly everything began to change? And suddenly, hundreds of thousands of votes are miraculously appearing for one candidate. And you want to throw your democracy away? Not me. I'm going to fight with every ounce of breath that I can. Amen. So you've got this uh, throne room prophecy. It talks about true prophets, false prophets, what that means. And I take you through the scripture. And by the way, I wrote this before the election, so I'm not altering it and changing it and making excuses. Okay? And uh, let me tell you, if I, had, if I had to repent, which I don't feel that God is requiring that of me, how many of you have been with me long enough? I would get on my face in front of every one of you. I have nothing to, I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to, quote, hold on to to try to prove that I'm right. Until you stand in the place of intimacy where I have been, and until you can track the prophecies of the track record of this vessel for over 20-some years of very valid prophecies that outweigh any wrong prophecy that maybe I've ever given, then really... What's your accusation? And not only that, this thing isn't over. So why are we just... I don't get it, you know? So anyway, that's just... Um, so on the softer side of Sears, or the so softer side of cotton, this is my children's book that has just come out, and I want to encourage you to get this. You can go to Hank and Brenda. Uh, dot, uh, what is it? HankandBrenda.org, thank you. And, or you can go to Amazon, but we prefer you to get it through HankandBrenda.org and get your copy of Much Me and Milo. So that's that. Open your Bibles. But before we do, I have a video that I want to share with you. And uh, this is a one minute. Do you guys have it ready? It's a, I had a dream in 2019. And I did not understand the dream at the time. And I don't know if the date, how, how many of you track our prophetic pulse? And those that are watching around the world, uh, we do these prophetic pulses. Like, I don't know, what is it, Brenda? Every six to eight weeks or whatever. And uh, so anyway, uh, I, I don't know if I had the dream at the time that I shared it on the prophetic pulse in December of 2019, uh, but I shared a, a dream where I, I literally saw something, I explained it, and, and if there's any indication that we're in a war, spiritually speaking, you're going to see with this dream that God was speaking ahead of time, and I didn't understand it at the time, I didn't know what it meant, but now I can see it playing out, and then God tells us what, what we need to do and what His intent is. 
as I was, you'll see in the dream, I was running through the streets trying to say something to the people because of what was being announced on the news. Okay? So can they play that for the people around the world and also on the screens? And I'll step back and then I'll come and I'm going to share the word of the Lord to you. Listen, the second dream was uh, I was looking at a big screen TV and there were reporters on it and they said, by early projections, Trump is losing. So I was watching a big screen. The reporters were reporting on this huge big screen. By early projections, Mm -hmm. Trump is losing. And again, I don't fear the outcome because immediately in the dream, I, 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 I said, what are they saying? This can't be true. And I went and people were sleeping. I started knocking all over the city and I was going in and all through different, it, it seemed like different states and I was knocking frantically on people's doors saying, wake up. And people started waking up and they started gathering around this big screen television and all of a sudden there were different reporters on and the screen, Brenda, was in high, extreme high definition. And all of a sudden everything began to shift and change. And in the dream, the Lord said to me, what you're seeing is like everything was fresh. Everything was new. Everything was good and different. And it wasn't the mm. outcome of what the early reporters were saying. Yeah. God's mercy had touched this land Praise and the people God. were getting behind it. And that's the, the message that we need to bring to you today is, mm. is focus on the mission of mercy. Focus on the fact that there is a spiritual battle right now to try to stop the heart, mind, will, intent, and agenda of God. And we need to pray. And it's not the prayers of many, that, that because many aren't praying. It's the prayers of few that can shift and turn this Just thing about, around. All right, did you Listen, hear the dream? The All right, dream let's one. go over it. So by early projections, he was losing. Has there been a projection that he's lost? Sure, they've even social media, like, Facebook and Twitter and all the friends of uh, 46 that does not exist at this time, uh, they have already taken away the title president. So if you can't see the agenda, then you're blind and, and, and you don't want to. So God said by early projections, they would say, but what did he say? The outcome would be people were to what? Wake up. Okay. I said, if you've been watching Flashpoints, there's three types of sleep that people are experiencing. You have the sleep of Jacob, where, how many remember in the Bible, Jacob had a visitation from God. Some people don't realize that this is a spiritual battle that really comes down to God wanting to visit this nation and show his mercy and bring a tremendous outpouring. And, and just like Jacob, they have no clue. You know, they think it's just about, you know, uh, who's the next president? It, it, it really is more than that. Okay, so don't, don't get caught up in the deception that it's just about a president. Now, it has a lot to do with it, but really it's about a visitation. But some people are like Jacob. They have no clue that God is trying to visit or that he is visiting. And uh, the second kind of sleep is the sleep of, of Samson. And Samson was uh, messing around, listening to the world. And a lot of Christians and preachers are selling out. Well, we just need to accept whoever is elected for president. I agree, but however, that's a, that's a really dumb thing to say right now when no one has been declared as the president. By certification, verification, the process has not yet played out. Okay, so what are you caving in for? Because you're afraid of your followers? I fear God more than you. And if I said something, did something wrong, I'll take it up with him and he'll correct me. And however I have to play that out publicly, I'll do it. But we're not at that place. So it's never about the people. If you're going to be a true prophet of the Lord, you better not prophesy according to the faces of the people. And I won't. So the sleep of Samson is that you get so seduced by the Philistines or the world that it pokes out your eyes and you lose true perspective of what's really happening. You look at everything through the bias of, well, I always voted uh, towards a particular party because that's the way I was raised. Or the news said, well, wait a minute, are you getting your eyes poked out? And so Samson got his eyes poked out. He lost his anointing. And there's Christians that are 
losing their perspective and siding, you're going to see in my message today, with the spirit, a very evil, powerful, demonic spirit called Jezebel. The third kind of sleep is the sleep of Eutychus. And you heard me talk about in the dream that God was trying to extend mercy, but he was wanting people to agree with mercy. Correct? How many have heard that? This, is, this was in 2019. Okay, everybody thought President Trump would have a smooth at that time. Correct? Yes or no? Let's talk the facts. So what happened is that the, with Eutychus, you can read it in Acts, uh, I believe it's 20, where he was a young man in a third-story seat in an upper room. Well, where are we positioned? We are positioned in heavenly places in the third heaven where it says that there was upper room lights. You can read that. Well, he fell asleep, and that's where some of the churches. That's why I was going through the cities and the states trying to wake people up. We need to wake up that this is about our freedoms and our democracy. It's about God putting a choice in our election. And I want to just say this. If you put a check mark towards the party of the left, that is on you. I did not. Because God was putting me for the nation. Choose this day. Come on, who you'll serve but death or life. And he gave us the answer. You need to vote for life. And I'm going to tell you, God is wanting to uh, end abortion. He hates it. It's murder. I don't care what your excuse is, what your political uh, persuasion is. It's murder. Now listen to me. God wants to end abortion. So he looked at 71 million people that voted for life. Their votes matter. Do you understand? The generation of children who've been slaughtered in the wombs have a right to a fair election. And so does all children born now and in the future of the wombs of women. Do you think that God for a minute is going to look at that agreement with life and turn away and say, well, looks like you chose wrong. God's been waiting for this moment. Do you think, now listen to me, this is, this, people were so, getting so adolescent here and attacking the prophets and the preachers and we don't realize, rather than attack the prophets and the preachers, we ought to be attacking what's attacking the prophets and the preachers and our nation. Because God is wanting you to add your agreement to what he wants to do that's under attack. Now here's, here's the thing, why, why we're being adolescent. And, 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 you know, people have attacked this ministry, and I get it. I forgive you. But, but here's the thing. What you have to understand is God gave us a no-brainer. On October 26 of 2016, he prophesied from this platform publicly in front of the world, the cameras, he said, and it, it was right before, two weeks before the election or so, and, and the Supreme Court was not in the news. And God said, I will raise up when there is a third vacancy. How many remember this prophecy? You've seen it. It's out there on our, our website, hankandbrenda.org. And God said, I'll raise up when there's a third vacancy, a woman. Okay? So, was there a third vacancy? And what did God do? Raise up a woman that would be part of toppling abortion. Why would God say that on October 26th? 2016, and then four years to that date, talk about timing God, talk about trying to give us a prophetic indicator, she is confirmed on the exact day, October 26, 2020. God is saying, this is about life, and I put a candidate in the Supreme Court because I'm tired of abortion, and I'm waiting for those who put the check mark towards candidates of life, including the president, Donald Trump. So what's, God in, what's God's intent? It's what his prophets have been saying. The problem is when it doesn't look like it's happening, we immediately pick up stones and want to stone the prophets rather than stay in agreement with what God is saying. He's given us so many signs. And so I'm going to talk about that today. I want you to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Let's just take our time here for a moment. Can we do that? I want to teach you from the Word, okay? This, these are not excuses. 
I'm trying to teach you good Bible and good Bible doctrine. I'm trying to teach you how to rightfully look at the Word of God in light of prophets, prophecy, but also with the current events that are taking place. In 2 Chronicles, God gave this to us. How many remember 2019? Those of you that are watching, when it was August of last year, I began to prophesy about the new decade. And God said this decade would be called the decade of difference. How many remember that? And he said it will be different. Well, has it been different? Hello. So is that word come to pass? Yeah, but you prophesied about the president. I did. But did that word come to pass regarding difference? So you've got to look at the track record. You've got to look at what God's already been saying because it tells a story. Prophecy and other prophets that are saying the same thing are like a pieces of puzzle that if you put it together, you get the picture. So God was trying to say the scripture that I have is 2020. Second Chronicles 2020 so that you get when 2020 comes and it's going to be different. Now, how many remember, I've showed you the prophecy, it's out on our website again. God said in September of 2019 that not only would this decade start off harsh, but there would be plagues. How many remember the prophecy? You saw it with your eyes, it's documented, it's out there. Okay, this is before it happened. We didn't make that prophecy up, that was before. God says, all right, you're going to come into a new year. It's going to be harsh. By the way, there's going to be plagues. And then he gave us a prophetic indicator. He said, you're going to see events begin to play out, just like when Jesus said, as in the days of Noah. He was trying to give a prophetic indicator or example for the current moment or season that they would face. So God said in September, it's going to start off harsh. Has it been harsh? Has it been different? Yes. And then God said, watch. It'll be like in the days of Israel and Egypt. Folks, let's stop right there. Has it been like Israel and Egypt? Okay, well, how, Pastor Hank? All right, great, great question. First of all, Israel and Egypt went through plagues. You said, well, Israel did. Yes, they did. As far as we know theologically, it wasn't until the fourth plague that God put the difference. Yeah, because when the finger of God showed up, God says, all right, now from here on out, I'm going to deal with the witchcraft, and I'm going to, I'm going to shift the battle, and, and there is going to be a difference. Is that your, do you know your Bible? So there was plagues. Have we seen plagues? All right, what's the next thing? There was a shut-in, Exodus 14. Pharaoh announces out of his mouth, we have shut them in. Read it in the King James, you'll see it. Has there been a shut-in? Third thing, uh, there was a pursuing vicious army from the left. You look at the map, you look at where Israel was positioned upon the shore, you see a pursuant enemy from the left. What are we fighting against right now? A pursuing enemy. They're the party of the non-religious. I'm not making this up or making you, trying to make you mad. Go out and look at their party description. God's not mentioned. They did it on purpose. They've got an agenda. So they're pursuing from the left. Are we seeing a pursuit from the left? Then... In Exodus 14, you see a nation at a standstill. Are we at a standstill right now? Then you see Pharaoh announcing, the leader announcing victory. I've got them. I'm going to prevail. Did we just see on November 7th, the exact day, 46, that does not exist. I don't care what the news says. It hasn't been certified or verified. Did he make an announcement, November 7th, 2020, the very exact day on November 7th that Al Gore made an announcement. So we're standing here now in this moment at a standstill, uh, plagues, right? Pursuing enemy from the left, the nation's at a standstill. And then what do we also see? A nation in fear. They were so afraid. What are we going to do? We don't know how. We'll get the how out of here. And God gives them an instruction, which is an instruction. So was all the word of the Lord to Moses, was it true or false? It was, it was true. And God said, quit screeching. I'm telling you what my intent is. You have to fight for it. We think this is, I remember talking with Dutch Sheets and Chuck Pierce because they, they were tracking our ministry. And when they were here in October of uh, 2019 or 18, whenever it was, they said, you know, 
Hank, when your words go out, they're, they're so accurate. Well, and, I, and, I, and I appreciate them saying that, but they said, here's the thing. Sometimes when words are so accurate like that, people think everything is just automatic. And I was starting to get concerned as I was prophesying about this president because I knew that there was going to be some real spiritual battles that I didn't think we were mature enough or ready for as a nation. And so Moses lifted up his rod, and that's what we need to be doing right now. If you love the United States, you love your freedoms and your liberties, and what I told you are prophetic indicators when, when a nation begins to be filled with glory, what kind of things happen. How many remember that message two weeks ago? So what takes place then is God then moves once they lift up their rod. Get out of fear. Don't get in agreement with the pursuing enemy. And, and watch. Everyone, the nation and the left, had to look at something red. Called a Red Sea. And what did God do? He stripped the enemy of their weapons. I believe the electoral map is going to change and be stripped and get aligned properly. He knocked off the chariot wheels of the enemy's pursuit. In other words, he shifted the momentum and he shifted the fight. But what did God say two months ago before the election? This nation's not going backwards. And he said, I have released an anointing of what? Preservation, Exodus 14. After all this played out, and they got their act together as a nation, God moved, dealt with the enemy, and preserved a nation. Because it says in Exodus 14 that God preserved the nation out of the hand of the enemy that day. So that's where we're at. Believe, 2 Chronicles 2020. Believe the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and what happens? You shall prosper. Now look at, here's the problem. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 5. This scripture is where many Christians are right now. And they have been guilty of this very phrase that I'm going to read to you. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, put it up on the screen for everybody to see at home. Therefore, judge nothing. Or I'm sorry, it's supposed to be 4, 5. I said 14, if they would be so kind. Yeah, that's talking about tongues. That's what we all need to be doing is praying in tongues. Because we don't know how to pray as we out over this stuff. But look at 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Thank you so much for correcting that as quick as you did. Therefore, judge what? Nothing. nothing. What's nothing? nothing? Judge nothing before the what? Oh, boy, we sure have been quick to judge before the time, haven't we? You all are wrong. You all are false. I'll never believe another prophet again. Oh, and God's going, really? Why are you squawking? Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. In, in other words, until the Lord intervenes, until the Lord acts. Who both will bring to light, watch this, the hidden things of darkness. This is where we are at and why we cannot judge. There is deep level exposure. Come on, how does 600,000 ballots appear in a four-hour period all for one candidate? How do you have glitches in your computer voting systems that does not favor the candidate that has announced their presidency, that they're the victor? How come everything is going one direction? And by the way, you're not allowed in some counties and states as they're doing recounts. How stupid is this? You think we're, you think we're stupid? They won't even let them, oh, yeah, sure, you can, you can, you can uh, observe the, the, uh, the recount, but you got to stand, you know, 100 feet back. Really? How come the other side from the left didn't have their ballots showing up in rivers? And videos showing them being thrown away and tossed. This has not been a fair election, and yet people, you are willing to stone the prophets at the expense of losing your democracy. And God said to me, he said, I am grieved that my people are citing, calling my prophets false, and calling the fake news true. Judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who both will bring to light hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. In other words, you're going to see the outcome to where you're going to praise God. Why? Because you waited before you judged. You let God bring the hidden things out. 
Now, we're seeing two prophetic narratives playing out right now over this election process. I just shared with you Egypt and Israel. But another prophetic narrative is found with Elijah and Jezebel. Jezebel was an evil queen who wanted to be king. Hint, hint. It's called a vice president wannabe that when they were running, they kept changing the ticket on who was the real person in charge to the point where we're going to, Speaker of the House, we're going to go ahead and we're going to change uh, and implement an absolute amendment of impeachment. So if someone's not qualified healthy, we can put them in power. I, I, everybody knew what they were saying. They, they knew the fraud that they had planned, and they knew that, wow, we're, we're just going to, you know, he's not really the guy, but we want her. Jezebel wants so bad to sit in the house called white. So we're seeing a prophetic narrative. Now, what happened with the spirit of Jezebel? 1 Kings 18. We're going to show you in just a minute. That spirit that was on that woman killed the prophets. First thing she did was attack the prophets. All right? Is it any wonder that the first reaction that many in the nation did was attack God's spokesman? And we can't discern what spirit is behind it. The second thing that you see in 1 Kings 18 is you see a Jezebel spirit that had over 450 prophets and some more that controlled the, the word of the Lord and what people believed. Because that's why she killed off the prophets, so that her false prophets, her fake news prophets, would be the predominant voice that people would believe. What are we seeing? We're seeing the prophetic narrative of who is controlling most of what people are believing right now. It's the media. Yet there was a time when Jezebel was after a true prophet named Elijah because he would not cave in. He would not give in and allow the false speaking of the prophets of Baal and Jezebel to destroy the nation and divide it. That's why he put 12 stones in order in 1 Kings 18. But the other thing that took place, and you're going to see, is there was a showdown. God is not afraid of a good drama. He is not afraid of a good show. And there was a showdown. But here's the problem. He had to address the nation and say to them in 1 Kings 18, 21, why, this is what he's saying, God is saying to the people today, why are you caught between two opinions? The reason that we have a man announcing that he's president from a party of, of no religious affiliation. They've already made their intent known. I'm not going to repeat it. You can look on their website. And, and the church was so divided because they didn't like the personality of a man that was running against him. And yet we don't understand what's at stake. So there was a showdown, but ultimately what happened? God answered at the last moment honored the words of his true prophets and killed and wiped out the fake news. One of the things that's getting ready to happen, you mark it down, I started to prophesy it on Flashpoint when the Spirit of the Lord came on me, is he said, how many remember in uh, Mark 5 where there was uh, a, a man with a legion of demons that controlled the airwaves? He, basically, he controlled the region with fear and what he spoke and what he said and how he acted. Yet something shifted when the Son of God decided to come and deal with that spirit. That it opened the whole region and, and he became a preacher. And what, what happened is the media changed. Right now there is going to come a mass exodus. And a new network and new networks are going to rise. Some are going to be sold. And you're going to see that narrative. Why? Because if we're in the prophetic narrative that Jezebel and her prophets have to be cut off, then we're going to see that play off too. It's pretty bad that Fox News that used to be conservative has gone the way they've gone. Well, that's okay. Watch what happens when Tucker and Hannity and Ingram and, and uh, who's the other judge? Judge uh, Jeanine Stark saying, we're gone. That thing is gone. It's over. And that's what's going to happen. 
So we're seeing this prophetic narrative play out. Now let's talk about something. Many say the prophets missed it. So there are many factors that go into understanding prophets and prophecy today. We're going to talk about this first. These are not excuses. This is Bible. When dealing with elections and prophets and prophecy, you have to understand that today we are subject to democracy. We are subject to the will of the people reflected by their votes. Yes or no? Is that an excuse? Okay. It's different than the way the leaders were chosen in Scripture. Put up 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. Look at how the prophets operate in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel 16, 1, God said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. Go, I send you to, to the Bethlehemite that I have chosen as king among his sons. So how was he chosen? Did anybody vote? Did anybody have a say in it? This is why when the prophets speak something and they're saying this is God's, because this is what prophecy is. Prophecy is God's heart, his mind, his will, and his attention. Well, can't God do whatever he wants? Well, then why pray? If God's going to do whatever he does, why vote? So God has been saying truthfully what his mind, will, and intent is. You say, well, how do we know? Listen, let me read you a prophecy from November. Uh, these are documented prophecies. They're also out on our website. July 1st, 2007. Listen to the words of the Lord Most High. You celebrate this week your freedom, and many shall look to Lady Liberty. 2007, July 1st. For there shall be a battle over the city of New York. It shall come in coming years, and it shall be a battle for the White House. Is there a battle for the White House from a place from New York? God says, I'll raise up a mystery, and it shall come from the place where the towers were attacked. I will raise up a president that will come from the place where the enemy wounded your nation. Have we seen that? 2007. And then God goes on and talks about how the two towers will represent two terms. And not just two terms, but I never saw this, but also two types of presidents that will come, or two presidents that will come that will bring the nation back on, on course. September 9th, 2007. Do you understand that very soon in the White House there shall be one raised up, a Solomon unto this nation. And men shall look and say, but God, we're crying out for a Christian to stand in the White House. The Spirit says it will not come at this time. It will not happen at first, but then they will testify of the Christ and something unusual will begin to take place. For there's a visitation shall come. November 4th, 2007. God says, I told you that there shall be a mystery and it will come to New York. And there will be a fire that shall come, uh, my fire. And as the prophet Elijah came, what narrative are we in? Prophet Elijah put 12 stones in order. I will raise up a man who will stand over the land from New York. Has God done that? And I will cause when this one stands in the land to be, be, to be revisited by rain. Now, why is that important? God told us ahead of time, 2007, I'll place a mystery, a man from New York who will be your president. This will be a sign that the nation will begin to be set back on course. There's further prophecies that say when it would happen in the 240th year of America's reign. And that was 2016 when it began to happen. Now notice that prophecy just referenced Elijah and fire and rain. Do you know that there had to be a showdown first with the fake news, the prophets of Baal. God had to show that his prophet was true and that they were liars. And when that showdown happened, it was ugly. But at the end, what happened? A visitation of God in the form of rain came. You cannot have the glory or the revival that we're praying for until this thing gets settled over the election. Are you, are you here? This is why we can't just, you know, tuck our tails and run. So the first thing is, in, in national events with prophets and prophecy, it's subject to democracy. That's why you've got to vote. That's why you have to pray. And you have to pull that prophecy like uh, Jeremiah Johnson was saying with his dream across the finish line. It's why what Chuck Pierce said, the election will go until January. That's why I said we're in a 70-day window. Are you here? Just because the prophecy said it, Kat Kerr, others, doesn't mean that you don't have to pray and pull that thing in because you are going to get resistance. The second thing that happens, 
Jeremiah 18, when a prophecy is given over a nation, the people's will is involved. This is where we prophetically are right now. And I'm going I'm to show you. Jeremiah 18, verses 7 through 10. At what instant shall I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom? If I desire to pluck up, to pull down and destroy it. So what's God's intent? He's going to destroy the nation. If that nation whom I'm pronouncing turn from their evil, then what will God do? I will repent of what I intended to do. But look at verse 9. At what instant that I speak concerning a nation to build it, plant it, give you Donald J. Trump? If it does evil in my sight or chooses death, throws away their democracy, preachers, you're afraid of your money source and your people. If they cave in and quit at the moment of battle, in the fight of faith, then I will repent of the good. In other words, you, you, I will choose what you choose. Do you understand where we're at? God will choose what we choose. Now, I believe 71 million of us chose right. And God has chosen, and we need to have this narrative play out. But we're not done yet. Don't stop praying. Now, this is important. You say, well, where are we at? I'm going to show you where we're at. We are at a place right now prophetically. Numbers 13, I want you to look at verse 30. People are saying, well, the prophets have missed it. Wait a minute. It's whose report are you going to believe? So, the, so there was 12 spies or 12 prophets that were sent in to spy out the land and bring back the perspective of, of, of what, what was going on. And they were to do this in context of what God said. God said, go and possess the land. Was that the word of the Lord? Yes. God is saying the same thing. I want to bless this nation. I've blessed this nation. I have intent to do good towards this nation. Here's the problem. Election night does not happen the way people thought or liked. It's now gone past the election, and the hardest thing for Christians to do is called faith and patience, according to, uh, to the book of James. Let faith and patience have their perfect result. We don't know how to wait on the Lord. Because it doesn't look like anything's happening. Jesus, on purpose, likes to stall. Hence, John 11. He did not show up at the tomb of Lazarus when they wanted him to move. He likes to make you wait. Because what he does is he sets up the enemy. He allows 46 that does not exist to spout off their mouth and declare themselves in victory. Why? The same thing happened at the tomb of Lazarus. Death declared victory. Jesus waited and then incited a showdown and whipped the spirit of death's butt and declared himself as victor. When Pharaoh was pursuing and declared himself to have victory, God waited. And then at the right time when he got him right in the water, bam, he declared himself as victor. When the scribes and the Pharisees were staring up at the Lamb of God who is the lamb who was led to the slaughter, beaten, bloody, bruised, unrecognizable as a man, hanging upon that rugged cross. And yet the scribes and Pharisees were declaring themselves as the victor. We got this false prophet. Don't insult God. Be careful what you say about his prophets. Put up Psalm 105. God said to me, I'm not attacking my prophets. My people are. Psalm 105 says, touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. That's what God said. So, the scribes and Pharisees thought that they had this false prophet. They took down the beaten, bloodied body of Jesus Christ and they basically laughed. We got him. He was a liar, see? Jesus, God, allowed them to declare victory so he could triumph as what? Hell thought they had. 
His body is laying in a tomb, but then all of a sudden something shows up in hell. And he declared himself as victor. This is all being played out. So look at Numbers 13. So the prophetic narrative is God is not so much looking at the, the true prophets that are speaking, the intercessors, believers, even had dreams and things. What he's looking at is what report are you going to believe? Because what you choose to believe can affect this generation and the generation to come. This is how scary this is. If 46, which does not exist, would get in power, they've already said what their intent is regarding you. How, how come some of you voted for somebody who wants to close down your churches and take away your freedom to worship God and control what you say and make everything be about their narrative? In Numbers 13, you have prophet Caleb. He steals the people and says, let's go up at once. We know what the word of the Lord is. Let's possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up to him said, no, we're not. We're not able to go against it. They're stronger than us. Don't you know this thing is over? But look at Numbers 14, verse 24, and this is what I challenge you. Numbers uh, 14, verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he had what kind of spirit? He had a different spirit and has followed me fully. I will bring him into the land which he entered. So he eventually, so the true prophets eventually saw the promise. The problem was the nation chose to disagree with what God wanted, his intent, and his timing. It was not supposed to take 40 years. It was an 11-day journey. But the nation chose to believe the fake news. And God skipped over a generation until the spies showed up at Jericho. And they said, we heard about you. But so much time went by, 40 years. We cannot afford that man not to sit in the White House again. Let me show you where we're at. And I'll talk next week about prophets. God does bring prophets. Let me show you where we're at. Jezebel treats the prophets of the Lord. Look at 1 Kings 18, verse 4. So we've watched how the, the spirits of darkness have tried to discredit God. They've tried to discredit the church. They've tried to discredit the intercessors like their prayers aren't working. The prophets aren't prophesying right. They didn't prophesy right. And you have to understand what we're up against right now. For Look at 1 Kings 18, verse 4 out of the Amplified. For when Jezebel destroyed or killed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and provided bread and water. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I'm asking my people, are you going to side with Jezebel and kill my prophets? Or are you going to be Obadiah that's going to protect them? You have a choice. And what's amazing is Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. When people go to the level that they go to to throw their democracy away because their prophecy didn't work out the way that they think or should or it was said and they put all their trust in that, it shows you your level of your fear for the Lord. I fear God and I'm not going to stop prophesying. So... This is where we're at. Now, let me show you something. All right, so when it comes to prophecy, you have to understand that there are three realms that, that you get information from. How many ever heard of the FCC? The, the Federal Communication Commission. And they control the what? They control the airwaves, yes or no? Right now, the news is controlling the airwaves. So what are the three realms of how you get information? Here's what the problem is. I remember back in, uh, I don't remember what year it was, where Kim Clement, didn't even know him at the time, we went and ministered to Rudy Giuliani privately, 207. And we were standing in this place, and he walks in. Of course, he looks like he's dressed like a king. He's got this robe, and he's got that. I, I was teasing him. He's, he had like a six-foot by eight-foot calligraphy word about God raising up a president from New York. And I walk in with my little suit and my tie, and he looks at me, and I look at him, and we were totally opposite. 
And he laughed at me, I laughed at him, and he said, why is it when I'm looking at you, I'm seeing me? Even though you don't look like me. But we carry the same anointing to speak to this nation and the nations of the earth. And then he said these words, he said, you will stand in a place that I won't, and God will not permit me. He said regarding the mystery that God wants to raise up that will affect generations. And so he had his, his big calligraphy thing. I had my dot matrix little printout of prophecies. <laughs> and these were prophecies that nobody saw. And this is what made it so powerful. And when he showed his and I showed mine, our eyes and our mouths dropped to the floor and said, it has to be. There is no way, I don't know you, you don't know me, you haven't been in my time of God, I haven't been with you, and God is saying, keep your eyes on New York City, I'll raise up a president with two terms from New York. And so we thought at the time it was Rudy Giuliani, and so I began to prophesy to Rudy about him being a gatekeeper, Kim prophesied about him being a gatekeeper, but look at who's helping to keep the gate right now. Even that is a sign. So when it comes to the airwaves, you have the first realm, which is the realm of information. It's the media. Most people are attacking the prophets because they listen to the news. If you were a person of prayer and you weren't listening to the news, you probably wouldn't be attacking the word of the Lord. You'd be fighting for it. Okay? So that's the first realm. The second realm is the witchcraft realm. It's where, and, and, and we really need to stop this stuff. In, in the prophetic community. Can I tell you what it is? Prediction. Prophecy foretells. It's not to be in the realm of prediction because prophecy is conditional. I know you don't like to hear that, but it is conditional. That's why the Bible says in the book of Corinthians that when the prophets prophesy, let the other prophets, not the people, the other prophets were to judge the words of the prophets. Go back and read it. The other prophets were to judge the prophets. What we have today is the people judging the prophets' words. Not saying you don't have a brain and you don't have discernment and you can't you know, judge if something's true or false. When you're dealing with that realm, and here's what's amazing. Here's how you know what God's will and intent is. So many track record, veteran, seasoned prophets that you have loved and you celebrated their previous prophecies all prophesied the same thing. I don't think it's possible that they're all wrong. But if you listen to the news, they're wrong. If you pull your information from the warfare realm, which is the second heaven, which is where Ephesians 2, 2 says the prince of the power of the air dwells, and you pull that warfare into existence, then you will be part of Jezebel's plan to cut off the prophets. It's amazing that 10,000 wizards and witches have been fasting and praying to steal the words of the prophets, and we got churches aligning themselves with them. So you have to understand that we have FCC, Federal Communications Commission. They can come to the, the piano. I want to go very quickly. Spiritually speaking, there's what's called FCC. And when you judge prophecy, all right? Number one, F. What does F stand for in, in discerning prophecy? You have to, when prophecy is coming from the third heaven, that's the third realm. You have the first realm, the media. Second realm, warfare. It's where uh, psychics predict the occult realm, the agenda of hell, and, and, and hell works with the media. You understand that? God sends his information, Amos 3, 7. He does nothing in the earth unless he reveals it to his prophets. He didn't say unless he reveals it to CNN. So how's God going to reveal his information? Not through the news, through his prophets, Amos 3, 7. That's why he said, Second Chronicles 20, 20, believe the Lord, and you'll be established, believe his prophets, and you will prosper. So the first thing you have to have with FCC is faith. Here's where we're at right now. Are you going to stand with a different spirit like Joshua and Caleb when you recognize that we don't want God to skip over a generation with what his intent is, and we may never get it back? Joshua and Caleb were not false prophets. And let me say this. Why was Jonah not stoned? This will mess with your theology. Stone that prophet. They missed it. Jonah did. He said Nineveh would be destroyed in 40 days. It didn't happen. He was not stoned. God loves his prophets, his true ones. And he will deal with them. How do you know? 
He messed with that prophet underneath a juniper tree. Listen, if I am saying something falsely or wrong, believe me, you get dealt with if you're a true prophet. Second thing, why didn't Aaron get stoned? Here he was down doing exactly what a false prophet was known for. It wasn't that they had true words or false words, as much as you want to think so, because false prophets, the reason why they were believed is because they had true words. <laughs> you hear? They got stoned because God said, and it was the same you can read it in Deuteronomy 13. It was the same law for anyone that did the same thing, not just the prophets. If you would take with your words and draw the people's hearts away from the Lord, God hated it. And it wasn't just the prophets. He said, your mother, your brother, your sister, anyone that does this. So why did not Aaron get stoned? Here he drew the people away to worship Baal, the false god cow. Moses just had the law in his hand coming down from the mountain. You talk about the right time to stone a man to prove that you don't mess with God's law. And yet he got a pass. We are too quick to side with Jezebel and not Obadiah. Because if you understood, those of you that are watching that you're demanding me and others repent. If you understood the price of a prophet and you understood the short leash that goes with the prophet and the anguish of the prophet, but the responsibility and the fear of God, here's the thing. You have to protect the word of the Lord because why? Why? Well, pastor, you're just making excuses. No, excuse me, I'm not. When you understand just how much God hated the spirit of Jezebel because what the prophets carry is something so sacred. It's not whether Trump will be receded again. It's not about, you know, who's going to be in 2024. That's all great. It's about what prophets carry, true ones, and what they are after. And if they have to repent, they will. Because what is in this man is the fear of this. What comes out of my, my, my mouth what comes out to be spoken as God's intent comes from the most sacred thing. It's called his heart. God's heart matters more than anyone else who has their, this matters, that matters, that matters. This, God, God's heart matters. And his heart, prophecy is his heart, mind, will, feelings communicated. And when people attack it, or they don't mix their faith with it, it hurts God. Because he's trying to extend his heart. Now, let me say this. I'm going to make it very quick. You have to mix it with faith. FCC. For unto us the gospel was preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with what? We think that's just the Bible. We don't realize that when the word of the Lord comes, is that just as much the word? It's the rhema of God. And when it's spoken, it has to be mixed with what? 1 Timothy 1.18. Wage a good warfare by the prophecies that have been given to, to you, that through those prophecies, you, you may do this, watch. Hold faith, a good conscience, and avoid what? Shipwreck. So you gotta, you got to have faith. Second thing, you got to mix it with faith. Rather than getting upset right now, we need to be mixing faith. God, you said you want to bless America. You said you want to defend the rights of those children in the womb. You want to overturn abortion. Lord, we are in a waiting period right now in, 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 in the United States, and we are just lifting our rod. We refuse to believe the spirit of Jezebel and the fake news. We choose to say, give us life, give us mercy. This man will be receded again in the land. Lord, we hold to that. Are you listening? Second thing, you have man's choice. I'll look at Matthew 23. i got one more. And then we'll be done. Matthew 23, 37. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you today? Matthew 23, 37. There's not only faith involved, but there's man's choice. New Testament. Jesus was pretty upset about this. Or he wouldn't have said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you are killing my prophets. Is that not what he said? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that kills the prophets, those that I sent. One translation says. 
You're killing them. You're stoning them. You're attacking them, which are sent to you. What are they sent to you for? To bless you, to give you the heart, mind, will, intent of God. Now watch this. Prophecy has a choice connected to it as well as it's conditional. How do you know that it's conditional? That's the other C. Faith, choice of man, and condition. The reason it's also conditioned is it's 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people. It's conditional. Jeremiah 18, 7 through 10 that I showed you. If I desire to do something with the nation, I need your choice. It's conditioned upon what are you going to choose? All right, are you listening? So let's look here. Look at, the, look at the condition. How often I would have. I don't want to live. Listen to me. I'm a patriot. I love our veterans. I love the United States of America. I love our Constitution and I love our flag. And I love the God of the United States. And I don't want to live in how I would have. That's why I voted the way I voted. That's why I'm standing how I'm standing. I'm not letting go away. I'm not letting uh, go. Uh, I'm not letting uh, go of the democracy. How I would have gathered thy children together. So how many see the condition? I sent prophets, you killed them, I would have. There was a condition. But notice now, the responsibility is upon man's choice. I would have gathered you like a hen that gathers her, gathers, gathers her chickens under her wings. But notice, God wouldn't, or who? The prophets wouldn't, or who? Come on, read it. Put it up on the screen, please. We, we can't teach the people unless they see it. So I don't want to correct you. I'm not correcting you. Just, let's just make sure that we're on the same communication there, that when I'm quoting scriptures, just make sure. Maybe if there's a glitch, we love you. We forgive you. It's not easy to do what they do. Let's give them a hand clap. All right. Jerusalem to Jerusalem that kills the prophets, stones those that are sent. How often I would have. How many know that's the condition? I would have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens, under her wings, but who wouldn't? God, the prophets, or who? You would not. So why am I saying this? Because I'm, I'm afraid that the outcome's going to be different? Heck no. I wouldn't be on flashpoint. I wouldn't be putting my face out there. I wouldn't be continuing to prophesy. I'm not a bit concerned. Told you I don't watch the news, and I haven't been watching it. I could care less. I have to stand. Listen, do you want me to prophesy to you something that I haven't heard or seen? I can only prophesy to you what I've heard and what I've seen, and it's up to us, stand your feet, to align ourselves by faith with it, Hebrews 4.2. It's up to us to understand that our choice is involved. Numbers 13, we got some prophets in the land that are carrying the Joshua Caleb, a different spirit, that are saying, come on, we can take this nation. Come on, we're in a fight right now. Let's see this thing through until Inauguration Day. Come on, let's fight! Let's pray. Let's fast. And there's also conditions. If my people. Father, we come into agreement. We've heard your word. I pray for the United States of America and those that are in the sound of my voice. We are not letting go. We are not letting go. And we thank you, Father, that we shall have a fair and honorable election and results. Therefore, by faith, we receive what you have spoken through your prophets, what your intent, your mind, your heart has been, and we protect that in the earth. Lord, we say, expose, expose, expose all fraud, all wrongdoing, and those that were responsible. And Lord, let your plan and your man stand in this land. God bless the United States. Gather the prayers and say yes and amen. And may thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And Lord, in the meantime, we're going to celebrate and we're going to pray and not be sleepy. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, I love you. So next week I'll break more of this down. I'll go over more scriptures. I just couldn't get to all of them. I'm going to show you some scriptures where uh, some prophets prophesied some things that didn't come to pass. But I'm going to show you some other things about just, you know, really, how do you judge prophecy and prophets so that we can grow through this time? Amen? Because if we grow, listen, let me just say this last thing. I know prophets that are saying, well, I'm just not going to prophesy again. Well, the scripture says that you prophesy according to the proportion or the measure of your faith. So if Jezebel knows that he can attack the prophets and they get scared, that people are going to quit following and listening to him because of whatever, 
and they back off, then that means there's a certain area of faith that they will never, it'll take them, uh, it'll be hard for them to obtain that level to prophesy what I call risky prophecies. Because one, one wrong prophecy, sometimes it's not wrong, it just hasn't had time to breathe. Are you listening? And so, you, you know, one, in some people's minds, I mean, they're already doing it to us, you know, uh, we're not going to listen to you anymore, or whatever. But, but here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, is people are more concerned about that than carrying the heart of God. You've got to carry the heart of God. And, and let me say this, no matter what takes place in the earth, if I am a true servant of God prophetically, I have no choice but to honor his heart and keep speaking. Are you listening? So we need your faith, and we need you to put your faith in God and what he's saying through them so that they can keep ascending and not be held back to say, no, this is what God is saying, and we're not going to be moved by your faces. Amen? Don't be moved by all this stuff. All right. If you think I'm making excuses, then I'm probably not your pastor. Okay? So if, if you think I'm making excuses, you have a choice that's watching. You can click it off. And I bless you in the name of the Lord. All right? I love you. God bless you. Give somebody a high 2020. I'll see you next week. All right.